0: Hi out there. This is Heather Vickery and you've tuned in to the Brave Files podcast. I am so excited to share some really fun news with you. Back by popular demand, we are going to have another Brave Method Workshop. This event is starting on March 16th. The Brave Method Workshop is a nine-day, hands-on, game-changing event. and. Even better, it's completely free. Inside this workshop, I break down my unique Brave Method system, which is designed to help you identify how to own and leverage your fears and frustrations and turn them into intentional, vision oriented action. This is where you begin to manifest your dreams. Making those dreams come true doesn't happen by accident. It happens by design. If you're tired of being stuck, tired of making excuses, and tired of letting everyone and everything else dictate how you run your life and business, then it is time to come and hang out with us and make the Brave Leap. It's super easy to register for this incredible and completely free event. All you have to do is visit cocom slash workshop. It's an unbelievably fun event. I cannot wait to see you there. Again, that website is vickeryandco.com slash workshop. Speaking of brave, are you brave on social media? How connected are you to the outside world? Do you make friends on social media and put yourself out there? Well, today's conversation is one born of a shared love of Twitter. I started following this week's guest, Shannon Downey, just a few months ago, mostly because I really liked her Twitter handle. Now that sounds silly, but it's true. Badass Cross Stitch just grabbed my attention and I was super curious because, well, why wouldn't I be? Who who wouldn't be curious about that? And then I learned what Shannon, her business, and her platform were all about. And I knew that I wanted to have her on the show and share her with all of you amazing listeners. Shannon is a self-processed craftivist who makes a life and a living out of art, education, and community organizing. We had a wildly fun conversation about the joys of a hobby that don't require internet connections. How exciting is that? Something that doesn't need to be plugged in to be enjoyed. We talked about what it's like to teach terrified adults how to do new things, and how she came to wear the title of artist, with pride. We also dig into understanding the creative process itself, not knowing everything and why that's really okay, and the utter importance of doing brave things every single day. I love this conversation and I'm super excited to share it with you. So let's go. Community, adventure, and activism. This is Heather Vickery and you're listening to The Brave Files, stories from people living courageously when we choose bravely in big and small ways it powerfully elevates our lives i hope these stories connect with you and encourage you to embrace bravery in every possible way day after day together we can build a movement of courageous living that enriches both our lives and our communities and if you enjoy the show I ask you to please share it with others. Maybe think of someone who you want to choose bravely right alongside you. Thanks for tuning in. Now here's the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Brave Files. You know, we all know that we live in a social media driven world. And these days, while that can often feel like a total drag, there are some serious upsides. I first got active on Twitter because of politics. I bet many of you did that. But what I found there was a community of incredible people who are doing some pretty badass shit. That's how I met today's guest, Shannon Downey. Shannon is self-described as an artist, an activist, a craftivist. We're going to talk about that. A community builder, and she calls herself a general instigator, which just means I love her before we even get a chance to talk to her. I'm super thrilled to welcome you to The Brave Files, Shannon. Thanks for having me. Yeah, super fun. Okay, so first I just have to know, how long have you been active on Twitter?
1: Ooh, Twitter, maybe since like 2009.
0: So you've been a a long term Twitterer. But
1: it's been been a hot minute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's been interesting too. Yeah, tell me more. Why? Well, I, you know, the early days of Twitter, it was super positive And like, really, I was able to connect with so many people and like built a lot of offline relationships, business and, and friendships. And then like Twitter took a turn for a while there and yeah. um, folks weren't weren't using it that way. And I sort of, you know, wasn't super active on it for a while because it was just like, ugh, this doesn't feel the way it used to. But I think it's turned back. And I'm so happy about that. It, it all seems it does. to be sort of a, having a little renaissance, if you will.
0: I like that a little renaissance. I think, though, when we come together, which is so much about what you do, when we come together over a great common cause, you see the, cre- the cream rise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the like, right, Like the people with the right intentions and then the, and the they want to do the right thing that they are attracted to each other and they really you see community explode and i love to find people who create ways to do important work and you've been doing that it's it's a catalyst for activism but art has always been a catalyst for activism uh, but what you do is kind of this really unique platform will you share with everybody what you do and then let's talk about why you started doing it
1: Yeah, I I basically trick people into hanging out with me uh, through embroidery. (laughs) (laughs) Like, hey, y'all should embroider with me. And they're like, okay. And then we get together and I'm like, so let's talk about white privilege. They're like, wait, what? I thought we were just going to (laughs) embroider. And so I really, um, I try to use embroidery which I think is the greatest artistic medium of all time to um (laughs) to bring folks to bring bring folks together in community right so I, I like my primary goal is always building community and so I use um I use the the medium of embroidery to do that and then um I've been an activist my entire life so naturally it sort of took that turn and I find that I I would say like fifty percent of the time. I think that the community building that I'm doing with folks through embroidery is more activism focused, and the other part of the time, it's just sort of getting people to build some digital-analog balance in their life and to, um, oh, I like that. Yeah, to you know, to become makers in order to put down their devices. So I, I use it a bunch of different ways, all in service to community building.
0: That's really impactful. And it is so easy right now to be digital, literally every moment of the day down to the sound machine on your phone that's playing next to your bed all night long. Like sometimes it just never stops. And so having something joyful and mindful to do, I, um, I don't know, cross-stitching. I've done a little. I did some when I was younger. My, this is, You may or may not appreciate this. Uh, as, like, a nine-year-old, I decided I wanted to embroider a set of placemats for my mother for Christmas, but I waited until Christmas Eve. <laughs> and so I got one done, and I, I worked, like, for hours for, like, eight, nine hours straight. Yeah. And, and she just got one wrapped up. Uh, and I'm 46, <laughs> and she still pulls that one placement out every christmas oh mom that's awesome (laughs) i know it's so great and she loves it she sends me a picture every year she's like i still pull it out um and i did over the summer i started a little cross stitch thing what where i lose my eye my eye hand coordination is i have to have a pattern printed on it if it's not printed on it This is not a skill I possess. (laughs) So, um, But I see that, and I can see how it could be a little meditative. My daughters knit and crochet, and they learned how at their progressive education school, and now they're in public school, and they are all remote learning and on Zoom when it's torture. And literally, they say the only thing that gets them through is being able to knit and crochet while listening to their teachers talk on Zoom. Absolutely. I
1: I teach at a, a couple colleges, and... My students are always invited to do whatever sort of crafty work they would like to do during any of my classes because I've seen the results. It keeps mind, them right, yeah. It, it does, and it keeps them off of devices. Honestly, and that's where <laughs> yeah. that's where I lose them. Right, like if they're mm-hmm. they're on their devices and I'm lecturing. They are so easily distracted by things that because there's never one tab open. Come on, none of us have that life. right? And right. so no, they're sort of constantly distracted, but if they're making, then they those distractions don't exist to them because their hands are busy and they're they can they can focus and be with me um, and and actually listening to me.
0: Well, that's what I think people don't realize are we're wired to do like naturally and instinctual is you can do something with your hands and your mind can be focused on something else. People totally. think you have to be super focused on the cross stitch or knitting or whatever. I I like painting for that and nice. I used to when we could go and go to our BYOB painting place and I didn't really <laughs> drink there. I, I'm pro drinking, I'm just saying, but I would go <laughs> in and it would sort of feel very meditative. Um, so I would love, what do you teach? Cause that was one of my questions for you was you've got, we didn't even say it. It's, it's badass cross stitch. Y'all should really should check it out and also follow Shannon on Twitter. Cause it's good, really good. But is, I was going to ask if this is your full-time career, your main income source. So what do you
1: teach? It is, it is. Yeah. So I teach at, uh, Columbia college and there I teach, um, a business management course for creatives. And I teach at Salem College in North Carolina, and I teach an entrepreneurship class there.
0: I love that. I really have always wanted to teach some sort of college-level course as well. I'm like you. I could not be a teacher, but I love teaching. Yeah. Uh, So I'd be curious to know. This is not really the the point of this interview, but another time. (laughs) I'd be curious to know how you got into that. Yeah.
1: It's all who you know.
0: (laughs) Isn't that the answer for it, it everything? It is
1: absolutely 1,000%. <laughs> everything.
0: Okay, so why cross-stitch?
1: Um, so I, well, I learned to cross-stitch in fifth grade. I made a pink bunny with a blue eye because I had to. I thought, this is stupid. I'm never doing this again. Um, <laughs> and I, I didn't for like 23 years or something. And then I was running a digital marketing company. And I was like at year eight of my 10-year run there. And I was super burnt out, and I was on tech every minute of my life. Mm. Um, Awful. And I happened to be on Etsy, as one is, and I saw a Captain Picard Star Trek cross-stitch pattern. And I'm (laughs) obsessed. (laughs) Like, Captain Picard's responsible for, like, 90% of my life anyways. So I was just like, oh, that's hysterical. I think I remember how to do that. Maybe I need to make something. So I bought the pattern, I made it, and I was like, "This is amazing!" Like I thought I hated cross stitch, but actually, I just hated cross stitching pink bunnies. When you get to when you were forced right, <laughs> like when you get to cross stitch Captain Picard as a grown-up. it turns out it's super fun. So I I just started stitching as a way to create some balance and get myself off of devices all the time, and then it very quickly morphed into using it to create my own work and to sort of amplify the activism work that, that I do and really just, you know, like th- think substantively about things and, and, and give myself space for that. And mm. it's it's been sort of bananas ever
0: since. Yeah. It it you refer to yourself as a a craftivist. Mm-hmm. So what transpired between, oh I know, I think I like this and this is good for my soul to I think I could make a statement with this. I could trick people into talking with about really important things. Like what transpired to get you there?
1: Yeah, it was a bit of an evolution. It still is. I was, um, I was working with some young people in Chicago who are, um, were the victims of gun violence and there was a lot of gun violence at that particular time, in particular mass shootings and school shootings. And I had a, a bullet come through my bedroom window while I was sleeping, Oh my god! And so I was like, "Let me like this. This is so big and so ever present in my life." And so I spent one day logging how many times I heard, said, read the word "gun" in a day. And at the end of that day, it was seventy-two times.
0: Oh my uh, god! Where, where in Chicago? I'm in Chicago. I didn't realize. Oh, really? Had Chicago roots. Oh, yeah. i been. I left in
1: June, but I've been there fifteen years. Um, okay. I, the, the last spot I was in is North Rogers Park.
0: Okay. I lived right there oh my so God. A long that's... time ago, but yeah. Hysterical. Yeah. 72 times.
1: Yeah. It was pretty... Um, it was just one of those moments where you're like, oh, that's why this feels so freaking heavy. So that night, I stitched a gun because I, you know, was just sort of processing uh, my experience of the day. And then folks... On Instagram, we were like, ooh, would you make that a pattern? Like, I want to do that. And I was like, sure. So I made it a pattern and put it out there, and people started stitching guns. But then they were, like, stitching guns and tagging me. And I was like, oh, well, this isn't helping to separate me from guns at all. <laughs> In fact. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, funny how that worked. Um, and so I was like, well, what are you guys going to do with these? They were like, oh, we're you know, just stitching them. And I was like, well. If you send them to me, I will do something with them. I'm not sure what, but you know, are you down? And so then people started sending me fiber-based guns, and then I had you know hundreds, and I was like, okay, again with the whole, this isn't helping. <laughs> take it away from right, but um, right, but I knew I wanted to have like whatever I did, I wanted to have real impact, right? Like a tangible outcome. That's really important for me is to have like measurable outcomes. Mm. Yes. And so I thought, um, well, let's let's partner with this nonprofit who's working with these these young people. And I went in and taught them how to embroider and they taught me how to blow glass because uh, they are a, a glass blowing program. And we decided we were going to have uh, a collaborative show. And so um, this gallery in Pilsen Pilsen Outpost uh, gave us their space and we had a weekend long um, show. And we had like hundreds of people show up. Uh, to and it was a very tiny gallery. It was hysterical, but we were able to sell every single piece, and we raised over five thousand dollars and funded the next semester of that program. That's amazing. Yeah, so that was sort of an accidental my first accidental craftivism project and i was like oh but there's something something here and i bet we can do even more and so that was sort of how that that came about like everything i do is not like i would not put under the category of craftivism right like i okay but um i build a lot of projects and i i build a lot of craft based activism work um in addition to all of the community building work that I do. And so I I look at the community building work as like an opportunity to recruit new activists and then push them a little
0: bit. Like the (laughs) anti-QAnon. I am the (laughs)
1: anti-QAnon. Thank you. I will be adding that to my resume right now.
0: I love that so much. You, I, I saw that you said that you create art to inspire others to create.
1: Yeah, art. that's it. And
0: it stands for itself. You could hear that, and you go, "Oh, I get that." But talk to me ab- about that and how how that works and how it moves movements and mountains.
1: I would not have called myself an artist prior to like eight years ago. Like I, I would be like, "No, I'm not an artist," because I had a very narrow definition of what art was and what a an artist looked like and I think that women in particular have that especially when it comes to like women centric mediums that are not considered art to those sort of like you know we'll just call it the larger capitalist art community um, sure. but the idea that the artistry of fiber, for example, is a handicraft or a decorative art. Right. And so once I started to really own the title of artist and realize like why I was so, <laughs> so like, I'm not an artist prior to that, right? Like, I don't, I don't paint, I don't draw, right? Like, I don't make tons of money selling art. I realized like, oh, other people do not think of themselves as artists and therefore, they ref- like they are aren't choosing not to pursue creative things because they think they're not an artist and yeah without yeah. that connection mm-hmm. to that word they shy away from creative and so for me it was realizing that in myself and then wanting to help people sort of deprogram themselves around that and so you know i make stuff and i'm like oh, I know that's not pretty. I know that's not good. It doesn't matter, (laughs) right? Like I needed to make that thing and I made that thing. And you can see the rage in that thing. And like, how is that not art then? And so for me, it's just like, how can I get people to sort of move out of comfort zones or I can't, I'm not, I won't zones into maybe I am. I think I can and let me try.
0: I love that. We've been I've been lucky enough to interview a number of people who are uh, untraditional artists as well. And from like, you know, the people who pen the Trader Joe's Mm -hmm. ad, you know, stuff, which is very artistic, you know. And one thing that I think I find in common with all of you that I love so much is this idea that it's not about getting finished. You miss the point if you're about being finished with some sort of product that everyone's going to go wow that's spectacular it's about the process of the creation of the art exactly
1: and I think you you calling it a product is like exactly the mindset that I I resist against which is I know the point that you're making um
0: (laughs) it is yeah no but it's not a it's exactly that's the whole point is it's a process exactly yeah. no, oh, I love that. And so tell us more about the Badass Cross-Stitch community. You can't possibly be paying all of your bills just on selling patterns on Etsy. So <laughs> tell me what you're doing with people and how folks can be a part of something like this.
1: Yeah, I do all sorts of things. You know, diverse revenue streams is how we survive. Especially right. in a pandemic, <laughs> we,
0: <laughs> you can
1: tell I teach entrepreneurship. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we just had this conversation with my, uh, my my membership program is Intentionally Brave Entrepreneurs. And that's literally what this week's conversation has been about is we need to diversify. Yes,
1: right? no less than seven. <laughs> I have like 45. It's great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot to it manage. Is a lot. You, you must have superpowers. It, no, it's a lot
1: to manage. But um, yeah, I mean, it ranges from I, I do lot of workshops and you know my goal is to teach a million people how to stitch before I die so you know I got to stay on
0: how close are you I've
1: definitely taught over a hundred thousand people to stitch yeah so I'm like (laughs) I'm doing okay as long as I don't like kick it super young (laughs) if I can make it to 50 I'm good I'm good (laughs) um I take nothing for granted right now so I'm like "Eh, how many can I squish in So lots of workshops, but, you know, I I try to make my workshops pay what you can, because I want everybody to be able to access them. Uh, I do a lot of like social gatherings for folks, again, pay what you can, but like in in service to building community. I would love
0: to dig in on that for just a second, because I was chatting with one of my clients about that and people don't know what to do with themselves. with I know, it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's part of the process for you, right, is to call them out on themselves to figure out what can you, where yeah, are you with yeah. this? And,
1: and what value do you um, think I'm providing for you in your
0: life? And so what do you find, where does, what's the range when people pay what you can for something like a, a cross-stitch workshop?
1: It always balances out. Isn't that? Every, every yes. time, every time. It has, it's never not balanced out in terms of like, you know, people who can only pay $5 for a two-hour workshop and then the people that are showing up at it you know pay me $75 and so Mm -hmm. it really um but but it always works out each time I keep them real small right like only 16 people at a time because I want everybody to have a really like personal experience and I want them to connect with each other because that's the whole point like forming these new micro communities Mm -hmm. and so I I'm always impressed by by how it works out. I make it a point not to look at the numbers. Like I don't look at who pays That's what. Smart. I just look at the total. That's so Because I, I don't ever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. And I like they did an evaluation and I don't know when into their evaluation and I don't want to have an opinion on that. And so I never, ever look at like what I mean, I did at the beginning just to be like, all right, what are people paying? Because, you know, I have to see if this is going to work. And then after the first one, I was just sort of like, I'm not, I'm not going to look at those again. And let's just see how it pans out in total. And each time I'm like, well, this seems to be a, the range. So cool.
0: It is really cool. So you don't know what the scale is, but you know that it all comes out in the wash. Yeah. I think yeah. that's just better I, I, for all of us. No, but there's so much. You teach entrepreneurship. Obviously, then there's this line that there's so much for people to learn from that is we are so constantly worried about all of those somewhat irrelevant details. (laughs) We spend so much time and so much energy on that stuff. And what matters is, do you have an incredible class workshop with people who are engaged and build their own micro community? And do you inspire change?
1: That's all I care about. And so like paying my bills is, you know, a necessary evil. So fine, I will. But I'm not going to tell you like, and and I'm never going to have I don't want to have a barrier for anyone to be able to participate. And so, you know, a lot of my workshops are, um, well, in the before times, a lot of my workshops were like sponsored by somewhere so that everybody could Mm. go for free. But then like, you know, Tom Shoes was paying for the materials and, you know, hosting it and giving us food and booze
0: so that always was delightful amazing and in person I want to <laughs> yes, do that and in person <laughs> and
1: I miss in person so much
0: yeah wow oh my gosh I'm so inspired by that I have a client who's a creativity coach and her very similar you said you teach entrepreneurship to creatives yeah. so yeah I should introduce it I to would you love because that. you would really like yeah I love that and I can't wait for her to listen to this because she's gonna get so many great ideas <laughs> from this building a community like this it sounds like you had the tech and the marketing experience and that you know that makes it a little bit easier but what's been the biggest struggle in making this what you want it to be not not necessarily successful but just what you want it to be
1: um well-intentioned white ladies (laughs)
0: Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Which sometimes I am one I won't sure lie. Like we I, all I try really to moment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean but, but like that's who I believe I speak to the most. Um and that's who I believe I should be doing this work to support in their quest and development as um as as humans oh, and okay. activists and just aware of their their own privileges and and how those play out. And so, you know, sometimes it is hard to constantly, you know, having the same conversation over and over again and feel like, oh man. How Are we ever gonna get better? Are we have to do this.
0: Why are we still <laughs> <Yeah>. doing this? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, it's it's just the days when I'm tired where that becomes like, oh, this right. again, or the, you know, just the um, the folks who come at me when they don't mm-hmm. when when they have been made uncomfortable by something that I've made yeah. or whatever, and um, and then they they spend their time. Coming at me about it instead of like going internal to figure out what about that triggered them.
0: That's hard, but then it sounds to me like you're self aware enough that that you can like look. I'm not going to own that shit, but it's oh girl, just,
1: I'm made of kevlar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none of that shit sticks to me. It's um,
0: you have to you have to develop that oh you, that tough yes. skin in order to do any of this work. You just don't have a no, space.
1: and some people like. I, I think I'm built for this, and I think that there's just a lot of people who aren't. And I, I think if half the world saw some of the shit that I deal with on a daily basis, they'd be like, "Why do you do this?" I'm like, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, nobody <laughs> believes me until I I literally like forwarded a copy to a friend of mine. Like, I have a file on my laptop called "If I Get Murdered, Start Here." And oh. it's just, you know, screenshots and receipts. People are crazy. People are bad shit. And so I was like, uh, I'm just going to put these all in here. And there's like, you know, I got like 300 things in there.
0: <laughs> I'm just like, like who, what is happening in their worlds that they need to be so angry at a woman who's teaching cross-stitch <laughs> that I, it's like, I can't. I know, I know. I, I can't, I can't. I'm I can't. doing, I'm no. doing
1: something right. That's, well,
0: that's exactly it, though, yeah. right? If if you're getting people worked up that much over some fucking cross stitch, yeah, exactly. then um, you are actually doing something right. And so, I would love, like, it, you probably have a thousand of these stories if you've if you've taught over a hundred thousand people to cross <laughs> stitch. Like, share a moment where you were like, "Yes, this is working. This is what I'm doing." What's yeah? Share something just. To,
1: Totally joyful. I'm going to share it. It's it's powerful and it's joyful, but it takes a minute to get to the joyful. Okay. There's this gal that I absolutely love who we met on Twitter and she came to one of my workshops. And she... That night, I never tell people what to stitch, right? Like their content needs to be driven by them. Um, and, And that's part of the whole Pink Bunny thing where I'm like, I don't... I don't... I want you to like connect to the medium and I don't want the content to distract from that you can decide tonight if you like this medium or not based on the experience that you had but I don't want me to like me to force you to stitch something and you to be turned so off to to the medium because of the content so I never tell people what what they're going to stitch we talk about what is it that you want to spend time thinking about or exploring tonight and so she started stitching an inhaler her inhaler Oh wow. And so she was stitching her inhaler and you know, she didn't it's hard to finish a whole piece in a workshop, right? So you take it home and um she, so then she came to another workshop and I was like, "You're back. This is so awesome. Like, did I not teach you good enough or like do you just want to like <laughs> or did you, you know, be here?" Can't get yeah, enough of Right. It. <laughs> and she's like, "No, I just love this." And you know, like she's like, "But I have to tell you what happened after I left last time." And then she starts crying. And she's like I was stitching this inhaler and I was stitching the inhaler because I hate it. I hate that I have to carry around this inhaler in my pocket. I hate that it it feels like a limitation. And she's like and I'm stitching this thing and I like just start crying and I realize like wow, I have been thinking about this all wrong. Like how lucky am I that I have this tiny little thing that's in my pocket that keeps me alive and that's all that i need is just this tiny little thing and she's like it completely transformed my relationship to my lungs to my asthma to my inhaler um just just through you know sort of the the way we set the workshop up and then the you know, the act of stitching it and thinking about it. And I was just like, oh
0: my God, it works. (laughs) It's amazing. It literally gives me chills. And that's the core of all of the things that I coach on is just take what is upsetting you and flip it. Like, what are you learning from Mm -hmm. it? What are you gaining from it? How can you gain control over it? All of that, because mindset is masterful. That's beautiful. Yeah, it
1: was. I mean, that's just my, my favorite. I mean, there are so many. I love the workshops where and this is almost every single workshop at the end we do I do a lot of like like building and, and like safe space making and then at the end we do a share out and one of the things I ask them to share is one word that describes how they feel and they like the words are always like calm centered focused connected relaxed you know and and these are folks who came in and most of them were like coming in from work and they were all like in a tizzy and they were anxious because they were going to learn this new thing and that's uncomfortable for adults and they're in this new group and i'm making them share stuff and talk about things and they're (laughs) like "Ah!" (laughs) you know and then by the end of it they're so chill and they're they're so happy and it it's fascinating to me. Like I can, I cannot think of a single workshop I've gone to as an adult where at the end I'm exchanging phone numbers with people. And that happens every time I do a workshop is like, folks are like, we have to hang out and do this again. Like, what are your numbers? And it's, it's really that it just, it fills me with joy. And it just keep like, I'm so motivated to just like keep doing this and keep bringing people together. And like, I can't control the outcome of what this all means for people or how this works in their life or if they ever use it in their activism or ever become an activist or whatever but i know that i created a moment in their life where they learned something and they connected and they felt something and then how like what how that manifests in their life you know sometimes they get emails and then I cry for days because of, you know, like you don't even realize the impact. And then years later, Absolutely. they're talking about, you know, they're telling you some amazing personal story that resulted from that experience.
0: What a gift. Oh my gosh. And you've created this moment. That's what we know for sure is that when we can be a catalyst for creating moments like that, people go out and create more yes. moments. Mm-hmm. So, oh my gosh. it's Does this feel like brave work to you? Um, I mean, it, it feels,
1: uh, like different work and I, I understand how people would point to it as brave, but my threshold for bravery is very high. And I think Mm. that I have been working on being brave my entire life. So it no longer like this doesn't feel brave. It's like, Oh, I'm just doing what I do. Um, but when I look at the life I've created, and I look at how I live it. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty freaking brave. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. there's not a lot of people well, who in do my this. Mission, <laughs> not at all. My mission is really to redefine what we think of yeah. as brave. So I really appreciate that you said that. Brave doesn't have to be, and it isn't always these big, grand. Things.
1: Yeah, no, I think it um, is this like, it's a practice. It's like an, it's, it's like practice. an in- incremental, you know, like you, you do one little thing that makes you feel powerful and feel like you were just brave. And then, you know, 20 years later, you're looking back and you're like, Oh, I can't believe I thought that was brave, but it was. And it was in that it moment. Was. It's just that you've built up so much muscle for it that, you know, you look back at sort of those moments and it's like, was that brave? you're like
0: yeah yeah i mean for sure for some people just taking being willing to pause and take two hours to sit and and participate in so brave a workshop is no it's because so we're, brave the silence is terrifying for some people but the, the solitude the slowness yeah trying
1: something new is terrifying for a lot of people and and I I didn't realize like how deep that went in adults especially adult women (laughs) until until I started doing this and I realized like like folks would start by talking about how terrified they were and I'm like you just use the word terrified to describe you're about to embroider like okay (laughs) this is and, and but I realized like it's not about embroidery it's that you are a successful adult and you have not been a beginner at something in a very long time because we get taught to not be a beginner, right? Like we get tracked and it's like, you become very successful and very specialized in this one thing in your life. Most of the time, I'm not, not universally, but, and then You know, we sort of fall off with the whole being a beginner at stuff because it becomes more and more uncomfortable because we're we're used to being the expert and we're supposed to be the expert. And that's a good feeling and a good place to be. And you earned that.
0: But we don't grow if we're always the expert. Hello.
1: That's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it's, it's so brave for these, these folks to come to this workshop and do something that they've never done before in a group of strangers.
0: It's really, really cool. I love, I love what you're doing. And I love the inspiration that you give to people to try new things. And like, who would think that somebody can make a career out of this and make such an impact on so many people? Y'all can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> yes. It's true. Like, you just like, you have to be intentional about it and create. Exactly.
1: It. I am wildly strategic. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I that that's the thing is you'd have you'd have to yes. be right. Like you, you yes. can't just be like I think I'm gonna have some embroidery workshops and <laughs> talk about politics. <laughs> right. like that, yeah, you, no. there's a lot that goes into it. So I'm not trying to. Oh downplay no 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 no! How,
1: I, I didn't feel that way.
0: Yeah, but um, but it just goes to show that truly, if you can creatively dream it and you're willing to work hard, you can build anything. It's true. You absolutely can. I, so that seems like a really good segue. One of the things that, that I ask in every episode, and I love hearing all the different answers, is how do you like to celebrate successes, whether they're <laughs> big or small, daily or annually? How do you celebrate? I am a huge celebrator of successes. Yay! I never get to hear that. Nobody else I am that, so. ridiculous.
1: <laughs> like, so prior to this, um this being me living in an rv traveling the country and doing this full time i was the director of development for asian americans advancing justice in chicago and we laughed about how that organization was like garbage at celebrating their successes which i think a lot of activists are right like you absolutely it's just you
0: never feel like it's right enough. and it's yeah. just like oh
1: but the next thing we have to focus on. And so there's never, there's never a celebration because there's always so much more. Um, And wins are harder to calculate, I think. And so I was like, this is unacceptable. (laughs) There was literally, yes,
0: you're totally my people. (laughs) There There
1: was literally a document that included the words. So it was like instructions on what happens when a grant comes in. And it was like, you celebrate quietly at your desk.
0: <laughs> I'm not, not kidding you. And no, I was like,
1: I no. am rewriting this shit. So I got a cowbell. Yes. <laughs> <I'm>
0: like, <laughs> I love it when people say that. I'm like I ring a bell when shit goes well. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, so, like when I left there, the last thing that I did was I made them uh, a giant art piece that said "Celebrate the wins," um, and really had been training them. And I hope it I think it's I hope it's the legacy I left behind there was that, you know, we stop and we celebrate our wins and we honor them. And so I I think celebrating wins is vital. I have I literally have this is so ridiculous because I was making one for my friend and I was like, wait, if I'm making one for her, I'm totally making one for me. And it's a tiny like flag and it just says, yay me on it. <laughs> I so I like wave it, <laughs> and, and these are like microscopic wins, right? Like, like, like yes. for her, I was like, um, "Did you, did you lose your shit on anyone today?" Because she's going through it right now, right?
0: And yeah. and she's like, yeah. "No," and I was like, "Wave that flag, girl! Yay, you." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I need to order 30 <laughs> of those from you right now to send to every single one of my current clients because everybody it's should do that. Everybody so should
1: do it. so satisfying, but I reward myself all the time. I'm like, ooh, I wrote a chapter in my book. I'm going to have some wine. Ooh, I did this. Yeah. Let me order food tonight. It's usually food-based. I'm very food.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like my dog. I'm very food motivated. That's funny. I'm a dance party girl, mm. but I do love that ringing the bell or I I would like literally jump up and down. <laughs> really,
1: Oh, like, yeah. Ah, I will dude, do a dance. I I, I I, am. I'm all
0: about the wins. That is so great. I'm really serious about the flags. We're going to okay, connect on that. Right right everybody <laughs> should have that. Who are my makers out there? I want to see. Yes, everyone should
1: have flags. a me flag that they just wave all
0: over. And then everybody come on to the Instagram. It's Vickery and Co on Instagram and fucking tag us. Me and Shannon. Shannon, what's it's your Instagram? It's badass cross-stitch. Man, I I couldn't guess that but I wasn't sure and like show us your yay me flags because that's just my favorite thing that's happening <laughs> other than the inauguration of <laughs> oh my
1: god yeah you should have seen when I finally emptied my black tank without making a mess <laughs> I was like this is the biggest win of my life I think y'all there was dancing and oh flag god. waving
0: and I I can only guess what a yeah black tank you know is. what it is Oh my goodness. Well, really quickly, because, um, how did you end up being nomadic? Like what led you to that?
1: The fastest story is I took, I took a power class with a dominatrix out of New York (laughs) Uh, yes, and, you did. Um, <laughs> I want to be your best okay, friend. Right. <laughs> but wait, because it gets better, because I also quit the class because I didn't like it. <laughs> well, no. But that's
0: okay. You were probably a better dominator <laughs> um, than her. I don't there know. There was,
1: you know, there there's some ethical things I didn't agree with there. But who cares? There was an exercise we did uh, early on where it was just sort of like, if nothing was in the way what would you be doing? And I had gone through some major life shifts, um, like prior to that. And I was just like, Alright, I think I'm living a pretty great life. But let me go ahead and think about this in a, in a different way and expand my thinking. And I love travel. I love meeting people. I love being in community. Uh, I love adventure. And I just had this I had rented an RV for like three days, two years before. And I I was like, I could do this. I love this. I could totally do this. <laughs> that was my full experience with RVs, y'all. <laughs> and That's amazing. I, and so I wrote it all down. And I was like, I think that I could take this show on the road and, you know, actually go be all the places where people keep asking me to like fly here for the weekend and do workshops and whatever. I'm like, wouldn't it be more fun if I didn't have to stress myself out in that way while working a full time at a part time job? And so I decided that I would buy an RV move into it and like do the thing. And so I'd plan that a year out, obviously one has to make plans.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I was, I left in, in June. So I started planning it in, in May of 2019. And I was leaving in June of 2020. And I, <laughs> I'd quit my job. You know, I'd found my replacement was transitioning out gave up my apartment sold my car and then the pandemic hit (laughs) and i was like yeah oh Oh my my god God. (laughs) what have i done (laughs) and i had i had like 150 events lined up already for being on the road and so i wasn't worried at all and then the pandemic hit all 150 were canceled and I had nothing and I was like holy shit (laughs) wow okay so I like cried for like a week gave myself all that space Mm -hmm. and then was like all right girl what are you gonna do how do we pivot and then I you know I made I made plans and I started pivoting and I was like you know this this gives me some space and freedom to figure out how to live in an RV which like in hindsight the pandemic was the best thing that ever happened to me for that because
0: I have heard that from so many, people. man, I would have,
1: I would have ended up bailing on like 90% of those events because the pace that I set, it was bananas. There was no way I could have done that, but I didn't know. And so it, it really freed me in a lot of ways. And then, you know, gave me opportunities to figure out how to teach online I thought for sure that I would not be able to translate what happens in the room when we're together to online, um, and that's garbage. I've totally been able to do that, and and I think it's even a little bit more special because I'm and now I have international communities coming together. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And yeah. so we, connecting it, people across the globe. yeah.
1: So like even when we go back to being able to be in person, like I'm not going to stop this online stuff because it's, it's so important for, for mm-hmm. growing like really diverse communities from around the globe.
0: That's so cool. Well, I'm definitely going to find a workshop to sign up for. I have a, cause gratitude's my jam. I've written a couple of books on it and speak on it. And I have some cross-stitch that says something about gratitude that's been sitting in a bag since June. So now I feel like I really need to pick it back up, but.
1: That's fantastic. I am here for you. So just make sure that if you have a cross stitch piece, you sign up for a cross stitch workshop because the embroidery workshop's different and you won't be able to, the two don't play well together.
0: Okay, well tell everybody the difference between <laughs> okay, cross stitch and embroidery, Because please.
1: I really have ruined these words. And so I'm, I'm trying to help folks because because I started as a cross-stitcher, so I called myself Badass Cross-Stitch. And then once I taught myself embroidery, I was like, why have I been cross-stitching all this time? That shit takes forever. <laughs> embroidery is like instant satisfaction. And so I, most of what I do now is embroidery. It's rare that I cross-stitch. But now, because people's connection to the medium is through me in a lot of ways, whenever they see anything, they're like, oh, look at that cross stitch. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. That's embroidery. So if you say embroidery, you cover everything, including cross stitch. And you're never wrong. Mm. But if you call things cross stitch, it can only be you can only call it cross stitch when it's made with the tiny X's.
0: Okay, well, then my piece is clearly important. Oh, great. So I, have been, I have now been educated, and I thank
1: you. You are that. welcome. I'm sorry that I ruined everything by calling myself Badass Cross-Stitch and then becoming an embroiderist. That said, I have a plethora of embroidery workshops coming up, and I would love to have you at one of them.
0: That is so cool. Well, I hope that we've got people all over. We have listeners all over the globe. So find some time to connect with yourself and slow down and meet some new cool people, and be a maker, yeah. create. Yes. I love that. And we
1: laugh a lot. Like there are I a lot of people that. who've been coming through the workshops and be like, "Wow, I haven't laughed in a while. That was great." <laughs> I'm
0: like, "Yeah, we got this." <laughs> absolutely believe that is that is so yeah. true. I, I have no doubt about that. Well, as we I I. Clearly, we could just keep talking, and that would be a lot of fun, and I would enjoy being able to put off all of the rest of the work I have today to chat with you. But to be respectful to our listeners who are here and to your time, I'm going to ask my last question, which is something that's really special to me, and I can't wait to hear your answer. What's your favorite charitable organization to support? Ooh, um,
1: I tell you what, I I do a lot of research on orgs before I donate to them, and having a strong background in... This world. I'm like pretty particular. And I really like to support policy organizations because I think that they have a harder time getting funding because they're sort of less sexy, but I think that they are doing some of the most substantive work out there. So, and because I was formerly Asian Americans Advancing Justice Chicago, I know how freaking hard they work and the impact that they're having, and you know how collaborative and i i just love them so my answer is asian americans advancing justice chicago
0: okay awesome thank you oh that made me think of we're gonna that they're gonna be our charity of the week so we're gonna give them lots of love and hope that the listeners will do the same but i did think of something that would be amazing to learn to embroider not cross-stitch because now that's (laughs) cool i don't know if you're familiar with i grow chicago um which is a fantastic organization in Inglewood. Yes, But yes. they produced I was like, why t-shirts. do I know that? And now it's, a, yeah, got it. <laughs> well, maybe it's tying back. I thought of this when you were talking about guns and then I let it go. And then I just feel like now it needs to be said. They made T-shirts that said, put down the fucking guns. Nice. And, and I got them, I'm a, I don't know if that makes me a terrible parent or a really great <laughs> one, but I got all of my daughters yes. who are ages seven to 16 T-shirts that say put down the fucking. I months. mean
1: in my world that makes you an amazing parent
0: <laughs> <laughs> my one of my family members like you your mother lets you wear that and my daughter was like uh, she got it for
1: me. <laughs> that is deeply so deeply inspiring to me
0: I feel like we should embroider it and then send you it you should to <laughs> perfect all right now you definitely have to come to the workshop I know I'm going to do it. I love it. <laughs> Will you share your three words with us one last time? Yes. Shannon?
1: Community, adventure, and activism.
0: I mean, yeah. Sometimes we get to those three words and I say, let's talk about more about this. But I, I get it. I feel them. Uh, I'm so inspired by you. And it's just always a wonderful reminder to know that not only is it okay, but it's encouraged to slow and stop. And disconnect so that you can reconnect yourself. Yes.
1: I think it's the answer to like 80% of our problems right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think you're right. I think you're right. This has been a total pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Listeners, I hope you are as excited and energized to take some downtime and get creative and become a maker as I am. You can check out all of Shannon's stuff at badasscrossstitch.com, but we're going to have the links in the show notes. Uh, Join me for a workshop. Let's plan one together and get those yay me flags going. Let's see how creative you can be. Remember that if you love what you're hearing here on The Brave Files, we want you to share the episode, subscribe, rate, review, because it matters, right? We are a small, little, mighty podcast, and we need your help to get the word out, and if you are really serious about leveraging your fear into intentional bravery and knowing that it's going to do incredible things for you, come and join us in the Facebook collective Brave on Purpose. We would love to see you there. This is Heather Vickery reminding you today and every single day to go out and choose bravely. Hey, friends, I want to share something really exciting with you. We already know you enjoy listening to podcasts because you're listening to this one, but I'm also betting you enjoy audiobooks. And hey, listen, if you don't already enjoy audiobooks, then it's time to check them out. That's why I'm really excited to share Libro.fm with you. They are an incredible new platform for listening to audiobooks. And by choosing Libro.fm over other audiobook services, you are supporting a local bookstore of your choice and investing in your local community. Libro.fm offers over 150,000 audiobooks via their primary platform, which, by the way, they built with love and from scratch because they're a small business also. They even offer bookseller recommendations for great audiobook options. You can sign up right now via www.vickeryandco.com Libro.fm. That's com slash L-I-B-R-O-F-M. And when you do, you'll get one free audiobook of your choice, and the proceeds will go to your favorite local bookstore. Now, check what I just said there. You're going to get a free book, and the proceeds are still going to go to your local bookstore because Libro.FM makes sure that their booksellers get paid even when they give a promo to customers. I've listened to over 20 audiobooks this year alone. I especially love listening to memoirs read by the author, and it feels great knowing that all of my purchases support my local bookstore, The Book Table, in Oak Park, Illinois. Libro.fm. The same audiobooks, the same price, but a completely different story. Check them out right now at vickeryandco.com LibroFM. Have you ever thought about starting a podcast? Maybe you've had this thought and then quickly shut it down because who has the time? Or you don't know how? Or gosh, it just all seems too hard. If you have something to share with the world, we want to encourage you to get your message out. The world needs to hear it. Did you know that 50% of all homes are podcast fans? If you've ever wondered about having your own podcast or how it can increase your business or get your message across, then please join me and the other experts from the Podcast Power Academy for our monthly free Q&A session. It's called, So You Want to Start a Podcast? This casual live conversation will help you understand how podcasting can be a great decision, why now is the best time to get started and how to get into action with it. Visit podcastpoweracademy.com to learn more. You've been listening to The Brave Files, stories of people living courageously. To learn more about the show, find our show notes and full episode transcripts, or to get some great bonus content, visit thebravefilespodcast.com. And we would love to know what you think of the show. You can give us a call at 312-646-0205. Let us know your thoughts on the episode, the show in general, or maybe share with us how you're out choosing bravely. This episode is brought to you by Vickery and Co Success Coaching, coaching that helps you maintain a life well-lived and a business well-run. Learn more at vickeryandco.com. Our music was created and produced in a custom collaboration with Matt Lewis from ML Creative Consulting, a boutique firm dedicated to helping clients identify their unique sound and amplify their brand with custom delivered soundtracks. We couldn't do any of this without our extraordinary audio engineer, Andrew Olson. Learn more about him and check out his work at findandrewolson.com. And special thanks to everyone on Team Brave from our producers, associate producers, copy editors, writers, and support team. Special thanks to Molly, Mary, Kim, Sabra, and Sabrina. I'm your host and executive producer, Heather Vickery. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week.